I'm totally messing things up already. What's up, Orange County? We're here for another episode of your favorite soccer-related podcast, talking all things Orange County Soccer Club. Brought a friend along, plus the normal voices you hear each and every week, and we're ready for some fun. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Wrong intro. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. <laughs> oh, my God. The flick, and it's in. Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold, dominant in the last ten. Forrester in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forrester with the outside of the right foot. What a strike by Harry Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Heads it down. Back post. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you each and every episode except for that one time I was sick um, to talk all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as we as he has each and every episode since day one, even that one episode I missed due to being sick, is Dylan from Counterline Coalition. Dylan, how's your evening going? It's going pretty well. Um the weather has been excellent this week, and uh, you know everything always feels a little bit better after three points. I'm smiling for those of you that are just listening to the podcast. I, it's, just, I guess, simple and sweet there in, in hanging out in the dark. Thank you, Dylan. Um, also, as he is pretty much every episode now since last season, you know he joined us, and we seem to not be able to get rid of him, even though he does a bunch of other podcasts. That's Alan down in San Diego. Alan, how are you doing? Is there a hint in there that is that like a subtle? Is that a subtle? We don't want you to come back, but you just keep coming back anyway. Somehow you keep getting the login information and showing up. I don't know things are going all right. Uh, wild week in Group B. Things are topsy turvy again. Um, I mean, things are fine. It's Tuesday, I think. I don't know. It feels like Thursday. This has been the longest week, and it. Someone reminded me. I was like, man, this week's been forever. And they're like, it's Tuesday. I was like, how? Oh. Fine, it's Tuesday. That's how it's going. <laughs> it's Tuesday, which is one of the best days because we get to talk soccer on Tuesdays. One last person to introduce before we get to a very special guest. Uh, he's been on the show multiple times. The noise man himself, uh, his camera seems to be broken, so he's just got a rainbow streak down the middle. That's Cameron. Cameron, how you doing? <laughs> doing all right. Um, I did take some enjoyment that you used the BBC countdown for the 30 second clock. I was I was listening to it and I'm saying like this is totally from BBC News. Well, way to call us out there. Now we're going to get in trouble for doing that, huh? So I, I mean, sorry. <sighs> that's, that's what, he, that's, that's what uh. this guy does. He tries to, to ruin stuff, right? He, he he brings in sound effects, he calls us out for stuff for our measly little podcast. Uh, we do have a special guest scheduled to join us. We're waiting for him to to join on a stable connection here. So before we get to that, let's briefly talk about our special guest. Hopefully he'll make it on here. Uh, and that is 
the player that made his professional debut over the weekend, um, Francis Jacobs, the midfielder for Orange County Soccer Club. Let me go to you really quick, Dylan, as the person, one of the people that's been following this club a little bit longer than at least myself and probably Alan. Maybe you and Cameron can battle out for who's been uh, following the team longer. But what are your thoughts on on Francis's debut? Well, I can I can tell he's in the green room and he's here, so I'll say nice things about him. But um, if you look at the difference between when we signed him last year, where he just looked like a young person, and you look at him now, and he looks like a grown man. Hey, his debut, and there, no, there, there he is, the man uh, himself, Francis Jacobs. Welcome to the uh, Orange and Black right. Soccer Cast. Thank you. Thank you. So I was just uh, you you joined in right in the middle of my question to Dylan. I was just asking him what his thoughts are on on you making your professional debut. Let's go to you first and foremost, I guess, after Dylan's given his sort of uh, semi answer there. I don't know if you really answered it, but uh, what was it like? I, I know you didn't get a lot of time on the pitch there mm-hmm. for that match, but what's it like the very first time you're sitting there on the sideline waiting for your number to be shown, waiting to to run onto the pitch? What was that moment like for those of us that are never going to be professional soccer players? Yeah, no, it was really exciting. Um, just been waiting for a while, but it felt good to get out there, even though it was for like a short amount of time. So it's uh, it's been a while. I know a lot of fans have probably been like anxiously awaiting your chance to show what you can do on the pitch. Uh, you know, being the youngest ever U.S. soccer signing is is quite an accomplishment. Um what has the, the weight been like for you? What's it been like in practice? Um, have you been getting that itch that you want to get out there and, and you're trying to do everything you can to get out there? Or uh, have you been maybe sat down by the coaching staff and some of the veterans and say, you'll get your time, just put in the work? Yeah, uh, more of like that, to be honest. Just like keep training. Oops. Yeah, more of like that. Just like keep training and stuff like that. And um a lot of like the veteran guys just saying like keep working hard and the coaches like saying pretty similar stuff. Um, so just being kind of waiting and training and um, I've been on the bench a lot this season, but just like kind of seeing what the games are like and getting like experience from that, which is like pretty good. Who's been uh, the, the biggest help for you so far in learning how to be a professional soccer player on the, on the club? I would say, like, a lot of people, to be honest. Um, a lot of the veteran guys, like Rob, um, Orozco, uh, Quinny, a bunch of those guys. And um, obviously, like, a lot of the coaches, too, like um, DDA, who's, like, uh, the uh, like young talent coach, kind of. Um, so he works with me a lot with, like, film and, like, uh, just individual stuff. So, I mean, there's, like, a lot of people, to be honest, but they, like, usually just say, like, a lot of the same thing, you know, like, just you'll get your chance and stuff like that, which is, um, it's good, to be honest. Yeah, and, and, you know, when you came to Orange County, uh, there was a lot of, like, hoopla made over, you know, again, you're the youngest signing in U.S. soccer history, uh, that you pretty much had your pick of where you potentially would want to go as a professional, and you chose to stay local here in Orange County. Uh, how much did, you know, staying local play a part in you being here? And um, if you wouldn't have stayed with Orange County, is there another club you were potentially thinking about or interested in joining? Yeah, I think – I chose orange county just because it's like close to home i live in laguna beach which is like 15 minutes away and um i feel like if i went to an mls team 
I probably wasn't guaranteed to play with the first team yet. And with like OC, I was guaranteed to like uh, train with the first team every day. Um, so I thought that was like uh, one of the main reasons why um, I kind of chose to stay local instead of going to maybe an MLS club. Uh, let me ask you about your experience uh, in the off season, uh, participating with Rangers uh, in the in was it in Qatar? I believe is where yeah. that uh, tournament was. Uh, what was your experience like? Uh, like getting some playing time with their uh, youth squad, and how did that prepare you to come into this season looking to potentially get some minutes? Yeah, it was really good experience because um, they're just so like passionate for the game over there, and you get to experience like firsthand uh how like professional it is so uh it was like a really good experience just like first being in the Qatar, which was like an eye-opener and just like being with rangers which is an also a uh, really cool experience francis how have you taken with some of the Obviously, you're not the only teenager. You are the youngest player on this team and the youngest American to ever sign a pro contract in the U.S. But um, how have you taken with some of the younger guys on the team? Uh, Cami and, um, well, he was here for a little bit. Um, Matt Shields, as well as guys like uh, Danny Chrysostomo as well. Yeah, um, obviously, like Kobe, who's like 16, and then uh, Cami and Dan, who are... I think Dan's like 19 and Cammy's 20 and then Aaron who's like 16 or uh, sorry 18 um yeah it's it's really good like having them there too just because like I feel like um like they can kind of push you more just knowing that like there's like other competition on the team and stuff like that um but also just like like being around like not always older people just like it's like good to just like hang out with people like near your age. I feel like just because like uh, they understand like, like a lot what like you're going through kind of um, with like the pressure and stuff like that, but it's, it's cool. And uh, they're all really like chill and nice. So you mentioned kind of um, this, this camaraderie you have with the younger players Um is there kind of a balance between being a professional and like being still, I would, I mean, I want to say a kid, um, but being young and what advice would you have for people who want to follow in your footsteps uh, knowing that, you know, you're getting this professional experience at such a young age. What have you learned that you would depart uh, to someone who's maybe looking to get into making that leap to it from, you know, youth club to professional soccer? Yeah, I would say that um, the most important thing to remember is just, like, always have, like, confidence in your, like, ability. And um, even if you don't get, like, the opportunity, like, right away, it'll it'll come eventually. So just keep, like, training hard. And, um, yeah, you'll eventually get your opportunity somewhere. And... Francis, uh, and you know, you're a youngin, 15 years old, but how is it like, you know, still being profe- being professional, still being a teenager, but especially during coronavirus? I know, like, sometimes you won't be able to, like, see your friends that often due to, like, protocols, being inside the bubble. Like, how have you adjusted? Uh, I, like, 
not just like seeing like this like your peers on the team, but also like just peers in your everyday life growing up in yeah. Laguna Beach? Uh, like obviously it's been like uh since like the coronavirus happened, it's obviously you can't see like your close friends like as much as you can like when uh, Corona wasn't a thing, but like I've just gotten like more close with like my like teammates just because like that's who like you can only really see during this time um but it's been pretty tough just with like just i think school started back up like a week ago um and we were off for school from for like like four months five months so uh it should be pretty interesting but it's definitely been um like good just to get like closer to the some of the guys on the team yeah. Perfect. Um, let's get to this. We, we've talked enough about your, you know, making your professional de- debut, what it's like as a 15-year-old on a professional soccer team. Let's ask you a few just fun questions just so the fans can get to know uh, Francis Jacobs sort of outside of soccer. The first thing I'm going to ask you really quickly is uh, how do you get that perfect, like, fresh out of bed look on your hair each and every time that we see you either at the games <laughs> Or, or on this video chat right now, like, how do you get that perfect out of bed look? Yeah, I don't honestly like. It's actually looking surprisingly good right now. It actually looks like pretty nice, <laughs> to be honest. But um, in form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not even sure. Like, I just sort of don't really like move it to a side or anything. I just kind of like plop it up and just like sits up there. <laughs> perfect, perfect <laughs> answer. And. Let me ask you this really quick, and then you can continue. Who has the better hair, you or Aaron Cervantes? Um, Aaron's a good guy, but I would say I have the better hair, to be honest. <laughs> we'll take that. We'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's call him really quick. We got to get him on. Get, get him on here really quick. Out. Get a, date, uh, a debate right. going on. We won't tell him before training, so no one knows what's going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and let me ask you this really quick. Um. You know, who's the or you know who's the first player you watched the first soccer player you watched that made you say I want to be like that guy when I when I grow up? Um, or if you can't think of the first one, just one of the first ones you you can remember. Yeah, um, I mean I, I'm like a Chelsea fan, so like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like Drogba. Just because, like, I remember when he won the Champions League for Chelsea and, like, um, but, like, also, like, just watching, like, Messi just, like, makes you, like, just want to, like, play the game. So, um, be, yeah. That'd be a pretty cool mix if we can get a, your future, a mix of, like, Drogba and Messi out there, the, the, the scoring and passing and dribbling abilities all meshed together. That'd be pretty darn cool there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Dylan, you have a question, uh, a, a sort of fun question for for Francis, really quick. I, I no, I don't have <laughs> I, no. That's like a Cameron thing or an Allen thing. We haven't asked him his favorite vegetable yet. Oh my God! Yeah, Francis. We I haven't know. asked. Yeah, I didn't eat vegetables. But what is your favorite vegetable? How do you prepare it? Yeah, um, it's probably just like carrots, to be honest. Just like out of the box. Sure. Oh, that's just like Richard Chaplin. All right. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Chaplin eats the raw carrots too. <laughs> uh, Alan, do you have one more question that you have for uh, for Francis? Um, how does it feel to have never lost a duel in your professional career? 
<laughs> yeah, no, it feels pretty good. Feel confident about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I guess it's a cool thing to say, but <laughs> you, can, you can go tell you can go tell Quinny that. Like, hey, I'm never lost to do in my professional career, buddy. So you got to yeah. step up your game. Who are you? Yeah, I'll let it be a good one. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, what's uh, what's What's the future hold for Francis Jacobs? Like, uh, what is your ultimate goal, um, and what would be your dream scenario? Like, if if this team came knocking at your door saying, "Hey, we want you to come play for us. You're going to be a star." What would be that dream for you? Um, I mean, obviously, it would be like really cool to go to Rangers, but I think like like the best team would be like Barcelona. Um. Like, one of those teams, like Barcelona or Real Madrid, just because, like, I think they're, like, the peak teams. And, like, every young player, like, wants to play for, like, either one of those. But um, I think, like, realistically, like, my goal would definitely be to go to Europe in, like, the next year. I think that's an amazing goal for any young young soccer player. I mean, nothing against American soccer, but if you're going to try and get to the top of your – your, your career as a soccer player, you have to make some noise out there in Europe and Hey, you can't beat those teams in Spain because the weather is similar to what we have here in, uh, in Southern California. And uh, you know, it, they're, they're treated really well out there. There's some of those player uh, players on some of those teams. So uh, be an awesome, uh, if we could, and the cool thing is if we could see you one day in one of those jerseys out there in Europe, we're going to look back to the day, be like, Hey, he got to start right here in orange County. So <laughs> Uh, you'll get that good feelings there all around. And then let me ask you one last question and I'll let you go. Um, your career is, you know, come, come to its end. You're now in your, you know, mid to late thirties. Do you, <laughs> if you have this amazing career, do you ever see yourself coming back uh, and finishing up here, maybe in orange County, if the club's still around? Yeah, that would probably be my goal to be honest, just because it would be like perfect if yeah, I started here and potentially I ended here. Um, and just, like being back at home, like similar to what um, Michael Rocco did. Perfect. And it, I'm sorry, I know I said one last, but let me ask one more thing because I'm going to be going down to Laguna Beach this weekend. What's okay. the best beach to go? Where should I head out? Um, I mean, that's like, it's like different who you ask, to be honest, but I would say, that's a tough one, to be honest. I would say Table Rock. Table Rock. Perfect. Perfect. All right, um, ladies and gentlemen, that is 15-year-old midfielder for your Orange County Soccer Club, Francis Jacobs. Uh, we're all looking forward to seeing more action from you, Francis, and we're hoping you and the team have a great finish to this crazy COVID-infested season with shortness and uh, delays and all that stuff, and hopefully you guys can make a strong push and make it to the playoffs and, and surprise a few people there. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you very much, Francis, for taking some time to join us. You have yourself a great time in training, and and best of luck to you guys uh, in the coming matches, ladies and gentlemen. That's Francis Jacobs. Um, yeah, no, thank you so much, uh, Alan. Let me get to you really quick, uh, Francis. Uh, well, let me just say this really quick, right? We've had multiple players uh, from this team come and join us for interviews. Um, you could tell some of them maybe aren't too comfortable with interviews, and some of them just sound like professionals. Francis actually like. You know, it's one of those things you come in with with a, a new interview uh, person or, or someone you're interviewing for the first time and not knowing what to expect. Francis was a pretty good interview, right? 
Yeah, he, uh, I think Dylan put in the, the chat, of he sounds like a beach kid. Um, you can tell that he's being coached up, not just on the pitch, but how to handle himself as a professional off the pitch. And I think that's something important that um, Orange County is doing a good job with their younger players. It's not just, hey, you got to be a good player, but you have to market yourself. You have to be able to sell yourself as a, as a person and as an athlete. And part of that is selling yourself in interviews and having personality and being willing to, you know, enjoy interviews. Um, he for I mean, I work with young students every day and there's some kids that you can tell are just outgoing and some kids who just hate talking to people. Um, and Francis handled himself very well. Uh, and I am excited to see kind of where he ends up over the next year or two. Um, obviously, we haven't seen him in a game. But if he plays as composed as he does, as he interviews, you know, uh, that's that's a good sign. It seems like he can handle some stress well. So we did see him in a game. Now, yeah, we, we sort of counted it. It was for about 50 to 55 seconds of game time. He's got uh, a real nice jog. He's got a real nice jog. Look at that jog. That's a, nice, <laughs> that's a, that's a quality on-field jog. Look at that back. If you're not... If you're not watching our live feed uh, on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, wherever we, we stream that, you missed out. Uh, we had sort of a clip of Francis running onto the pitch there. Um, so that's what we were referring to. Uh, and then one last thing I want to ask you, Alan. He, he set you up perfectly as a Liverpool fan when he said his team is Chelsea after what happened this past weekend. Um, very polite of you to not sort of uh, bring up Liverpool in that match. He's a kid. I mean, come on. Yeah, you got to be a little bit. He's a guest. You know, that's unprofessional and maybe even illegal, right? Like, <laughs> isn't that child abuse at this point? Like, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I said it was terrible right off the bat. I was like, oh god, it's terrible. That's <laughs> I mean, that's but, straight I mean, up like <laughs> that's. I mean, that's so, a natural uh, reaction. Let me ask you guys really quick, and then we'll move on to talking about the match against Las Vegas, and, uh, the full match, and not just the last fifty seconds of it. Um, you know. Francis mentioned his his goal is to get to Europe, um, and it sounds like he wants to get there rather quickly and and make a name for himself out there. Um, what are you thinking? Uh, just let's just maybe get into some predictions here. What are you thinking his uh, chance of having a really great career out there in Europe is? I, I know it's a we haven't got to see much of him, but we know he's got the talent. Um, we we've seen a few things from him in like preseason matches or or friendlies or the the tournament with Rangers. What do you think, Dylan? Uh, is does he have a shot of being able to make it to Barcelona or Real Madrid one day? Um, I will put this nicely. I don't think he has a chance of making it to Barcelona because uh, he won't be a La Masia graduate. But I think we've obviously seen the talent, and and so has everyone at the club. I think it comes down to his work ethic. He's gonna have to prove a lot of people in Europe wrong because he is an American. Um, I don't know. There's a, a good crop of Americans, young Americans right now, not the David Bowie song, but uh, that is now stuck in my head. But there's a good crop of young Americans, uh, Weston McKenney, Tyler Adams, uh, Serginho Dest, uh, the uh, uh, the ginger kid at Werder Bremen. Josh Sargent. Uh, thank you. Couldn't remember his name. Um, Tyler Boyd at Besiktas. Oh my God, is that where he is? All right. Anyway, yeah. there's <laughs> a lot of players, but he's still going to have to prove a lot of people wrong. If he's listening to guys like Michael Roscoe, uh, Robbie Kiernan, um, he's he's going to go far. You can see how hard guys like Cammy Palmer and Danny Finlayson work 
because that's what's expected of them, even at the youth level, because they are out-and-out professional players and have been for a couple of years. If he adopts that now, and if he adopts that moving forward, and when he moves, yeah, I would say he has a good shot of playing in a, in a top-five league. Let me uh, go to you really quick, Cameron. What are your mm. thoughts if, like, um, we get uh, – someone's calling someone or, or getting messages. Um, so, Cameron, if uh, – Francis makes it out to Europe, you know, maybe doesn't make it to Barcelona, or Real Madrid, but makes it to, you know, England in one of the top two uh, leagues in England uh, or Germany or France or something like that. And, and has a really good career. How stoked would you be? And how excited would you be uh, knowing that he got to start here in orange County? And would you continue to follow his career wherever that next step leads him? Well, of course, because that shows what kind of club orange County is. And showing like here, here we can develop players that can get to Europe. It would be a huge boost for our our team, and it would be a beacon of light for teenagers and young adults who wants like, hey, if Orange County is getting these kids and getting these uh, young players to Europe, I want to go here. I want to develop here. But I think Francis will go by way of Scotland. I think he'll go through Rangers and then. Rangers, wherever he ends up. That's that's where yeah. I think that the logical destination is. The logical destination is going to be through Scotland to the rest of Europe. And I think we talked about in a, in a previous episode how that partnership with Rangers opens up these possibilities to attract some of the younger talent in the U.S. that maybe aren't ready to go to Europe at, at such a young age, but they see that that pathway where they can come to Orange County. And then work their way, you know, showing what they can do and proving themselves to, uh, you know, our partner club out there in, in Scotland and, and make their way up there. So that's that that's always a great thing. And, and I definitely see that as a legitimate uh, pathway that we could see for Francis and maybe some of these other young players that we will see in the near future here in Orange County. One of the wonderful things I like about this club is, um, you know, competing at a at a top level in the USL Championship, as well as developing and bringing in these younger players that have a future, um, not just with our club, but with other clubs, bigger clubs, and U.S. soccer in general. Um, Alan, any less thoughts before we move on to the match? Yeah, I think uh, last week, uh, Richard Chaplo, Richard effing Chaplo, said it kind of best. Like when we talked about, you know, young kids, he's like, well, you know, I made my pro debut, you know, I, I forget what age he said, but it was like basically like 12 or whatever. Um, I, I think, I think going to uh, what Cameron said, going to Rangers is probably the best shout. Um, and he's going to be competing against kids who are making pro debuts in clubs like that at 15, 16. Um, so he's right where he needs to be. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at like some of the top teams in Europe, if you're not in their academies, they're probably not looking at you until you prove yourself else elsewhere. So he still has a chance at making some of those top teams. It's just going to have to like work super hard, get into somewhere like Rangers, like a you know second, first or second division in England, first or second division in some of these other countries, and really kind of put on a show uh, to get some of those top te- top groups. But um, I think, uh, yeah, um, I think he said it right last week. Is you know this age is really an important age if you want to make to the top of your game, you're making your debut around this age. 
And so he's on the track, but I think um, he's got a long journey ahead of him, and I wish him the absolute best. And I think this is um, a proving ground for both him and Orange County uh, in a real legitimate way. And you got to hope that um, things turn out the way they should. Um, So I wish him nothing but the best and would be excited to see him move on to Europe and would definitely follow his career uh, if he decided to jump the pond and and play over there. What if he played for... Sure. Malta. In Malta. (laughs) In Malta? (laughs) Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Isn't that what happens when birds lose their feathers? I mean... Oh, it's molting. Never mind. Molting. <laughs> it's mul- so anyway, tear up in we Cyprus. played Vegas this past week. Look at Dylan trying to control things here. Look at that. Look at that. He's, 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 he's grabbing minutes. the podcast by the horns, baby. <laughs> and and two red cards for Las Vegas. One just before the half hour mark, and one just before the hour mark. Uh, curiously, uh, one of those was a straight red for a challenge. Ray will probably be pleased with that one. But what are our thoughts, Ray? Go ahead. I'm taking your job from you. What did you think about this game? Not that you were watching. Orange County. Did you watch it? Hey, three points. I didn't get to watch it. That's that's right. the disappointing. That's why you're still in my job. I, I don't have nothing to do now for the next 10 minutes if you're still in my so job. Sorry. I don't get to ask the questions. Okay. Cameron, go, go to what Alan. are your thoughts about this game? I knew, Cameron, I, knew I, I, I was, I was at the game. I was at the game and my eyes were bleeding um i thought it was a substandard performance even with nine men it just things just didn't look like things didn't look fluid for orange county it took a while for them to score with nine men it like i could i could tell that there was a lot of disagreements on the field between coaches and players like about what to do because sometimes these orange orange county players are making these fancy flags or trying to make through balls and didn't need to and I can hear Chaplow and Clue saying just hold the ball and pass it around. They only have nine men. And Aiden Quinn picked up an unnecessary yellow card. So I think now he's now he needs one more to get a suspension. But I mean three points is three points, but this was a this was an eyesore. This was just like this doesn't look like a playoff team anymore. Alan, your thoughts? Um, it's it's good that Orange County has not lost. Like they broke that losing streak that they were on. There were some like moments of niceness. Um. But you manage two shots on goal against a nine-man Vegas team. You should probably manage more than that against an 11-man Vegas team. Um, now, to be fair, anytime you're up against 10 men, uh, they're obviously going to be way more defensive. And it's kind of a misnomer. Like, oh, you're up a man. You should totally destroy them. It's like, ah, eh. I mean, they're going to sit in much deeper and defend more. But when you have 30 minutes of 11 on nine, you, you need to generate some more shots, uh, especially shots on target. Um, because I think when it boils down to it, like, yeah, it's a win. And yeah, you're still in playoff hopes. And, you know, you have the second best chance of making the second spot in, in group B. But 
holy cow, you are really living dangerously when it comes down to goal differential. Like you might end up with the same amount of wins LA and now it's down to goal differential and you score one goal when you're up two men. Like you, we, we, you need to do better. Like even if it like, even if they had like 20 shots and 10 were on target and there's some great saves and you you're putting them on and it's great. Like that would be one thing, but uh, I mean, eight shots total two on target with 68% possession. You only have two corner kicks. Like at some point you have to score more than one goal. You have to. You're not going to go into Phoenix and beat Phoenix scoring one goal. That's where we're. That's where Orange County's at right now. Thirteen games, thirteen goals. It was a poor performance. It was three points. We've seen, we've gotten away with some before. We've seen much better performances. We've seen much worse performances as well. But this is probably the first time we've really got away with getting three points out of playing poorly with a two-man advantage for half an hour. Um, as it stands, LA Galaxy to have a game in hand on Orange County, and Orange County has a game in hand on San Diego. Um, currently, LA, Orange County, level on points with 21, San Diego on 22, Phoenix on 26. This is a pretty far cry from where we were earlier in the season when we were looking at, all right, well, if we get two points per game, we're basically a shoe and we might even top the group. And now it's looking like we may or may not make it to the postseason. Um, we will miss out on Aiden Quinn in this next match to pick up his fifth booking. So that was, as Cameron said, unneeded. Ray, what kind of problems does that bring up moving on into the future? Well, you guys all know uh, sort of what I feel with Aiden Quinn. I feel like he should should be playing higher up the pitch. I think he pr- uh, provides a better threat to the opponents if he's a little bit higher up the pitch. Um, I, I I do agree. He's he's good where he is. He, he is definitely good where he's been playing this season. I, I think he would be better higher up the pitch. So how does this impact the team? I don't think it impacts him as much if he was playing where I think he should be. Um, we have some players we can throw in there. Not Aiden Quinn level players, but that can sort of handle what they need to do um, in that sort of holding midfield role there where Aiden Quinn is at, um, you know, throw in a, a maybe trust in someone like a, a Seth Kasabli or a, a Danny Chrysostomo in that area um, for one match. I'd be fine with that. Um, I, I think one of the big problems we're having is, is getting goals in there. And I think you need to switch things up. I think if you look at this, this lineup, Barring any just sort of minor tweaks, we're not really trying to switch things up. There's not this um, trying to play with the, the the positioning of players a little bit more. Uh, Dylan's looking like like I don't know what I'm saying. Um, what what kind of switch up are you seeing, Dylan? Like what is it that you're seeing that that is like you would consider changing things up, other than oh. roster like players? Well, apparently I missed something, and it's eight games for a suspension, so he might be. Eight Fine. cards, yeah. Eight yellow. Okay, is that because the shortened season? I think they changed it and then never changed the accumulation. I think they went to eight for their first suspension, and I don't think they ever, um, I don't think they ever changed it for the shortened season. So essentially, you can get a yellow card in every other game, and only get suspended once. 
Wow. Okay, okay, great. Well, I, I, oh, I, I also. I, okay, I also th- Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, Cameron. Hold on, Cameron. I, 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 I was I, in the I, middle I, of speaking. I, hold I, on, I, Cameron. I, hold on. Hold on. I can mute you if I want to, Cameron. Um, then if Cameron. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, if Quinn is still going to be able to play, I want to see him higher up the pitch. I want to see him uh, with more creative ability to score goals, make the, the, the passes, the assists leading to goals. Um, maybe playing like that Harry Kane role for Orange County uh, and scoring some goals what, and assisting and all that stuff. So go for it, Cameron. What do you, What were you going to say? Well, here's the thing. Sean O'Coley cannot be our only outlet for goals. Um, I'm looking at the stats right now. Kevin Coleman has one goal. Darwin Jones has one goal. Brian Oloski, who we keep saying is going to score a goal, hasn't scored a goal yet. Quinn is second with three goals, and Cami Palmer has two. So we're really only, we're at this point where none of our what like none of our forward line besides Akoli can get a goal in, and we're having to rely on a 19-year-old Loney and Aiden Qu- Aiden Quinn can't do his magic every single game. We're gonna have like Jones and Coleman have to pick it up. Um, Chandler Hoffman, I mean. If he gets minutes, if fitness is the issue, then I really don't know at this point with him. And it's just like the beginning of the restart, we were sitting pretty, so many games in hand, and now things are, things are just looking bleak. And there's well, no real – Cameron, I'm going to stop you really quick though. Like wouldn't we get more opportunities, more goal-scoring opportunities if you have Aiden Quinn playing in more of a creative role instead of sitting back a little bit more? I get it. He plays really well where he's been playing, sitting back and setting up from there, but it's limiting what he can do to set up his teammates for in goal-scoring opportunities and limiting his chances that he has for shots on goal, correct? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong there, if, I, if what I'm saying is totally incorrect. Well, it's just who is a real defensive midfielder on our team? Like, I Chrysostomo, Palmer, I really don't know. Like, the thing is, Quinn's there out of circumstance. And Oloski plays in that 10 role because he can hound, he can press. And he's has created a lot of chances. And Quinn, I think, benefits from just going into that hole at open space and making that, that pass or scoring that goal. But I just think that I really don't see if we have a really true destroyer in midfield for Quinn to move up. I think well, he's let me, just let me, a circumstance. Let me go to you really quick, Alan. Um, so one of the biggest problems for Orange County this whole season has been scoring. I mean, we, 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 I think we can all admit that's gonna that's been the biggest problem for Orange County is they can't put the ball in the back of the net. They've been decent defensively. For most games, they've been pretty darn good defensively. There's been a few matches where – you know, they, they just sort of fall asleep and give up too many goals. But for the most part, there's been a lot of games where their defense has done the job. It's just their offense isn't, isn't scoring goals. At some point, when you, especially when we're looking at this tight, tight race now in Group B, you have to look at it and say, hey, we need goals. We need to score goals if we're going to be able to make the playoffs. Um, when, does, when, when do we get to that point where we need to now just push some players up the pitch and try and score some goals now and trust that our defense can at least – let in one less goal than our offense can score. Yeah, I think this is probably where the coaching staff is trying to balance the team out. I mean, you have 13 goals, but you have the best defensive record in 
you know, Group B uh, letting in 12. You have the second best defensive record in the West behind San Antonio at 11. Uh, so, yeah, the defense has been holding steady. But again, when you're going to go up against Reno, who scored 38 goals this year, Phoenix Rising, who scored 38 goals this year, you know, San Antonio, who scored 29 goals this year, you can't rely on shutting teams out to get a result. I think you need to look at if we're going to let in a goal a game in order to win, you have to score more than a goal a game. So I do think maybe there needs to be some looking at who is going to play in that more attacking role and who can be successful. And maybe it's just, maybe it's just players aren't connecting well to each other. Like Aiden Quinn's top 10 in the league in passing, like 771 passes a season or seventh in the league. Like he is doing the job that he's been asked to do. He's been distributor. He's passing the ball a lot. He's kind of your quarterback, if you will. Um, and moving him up the pitch, you lose that quarterback. You lose that first line of offensive firepower. And some of the times, like some of the goals are literally Aiden Quinn from 30 yards from his own goal, putting a beautiful pass all the way over the top for a Coley to run onto. I think, I mean, the goal, one of the goals against Phoenix, I think was like that. So it's like, yeah, you want to see him come up and he stepped up the second goal against San Diego when Orange County won. He was right there at the edge of the box. So I think he is making his way up, but you definitely need someone like a Seth Kasipley. I think that box-to-box kind of guy, you're missing that guy, and he's probably not living up to the potential that he could have been. And, and now you're relying on Olaski, who seems to be not panning out either. He's a great talent, but maybe instead of him taking the free kick, Aiden Quinn takes that free kick. Um, I... I'm sure the coaching staff is very much like us of like, I, I mean, I, you look on paper, it's like the talent's there. The players are there. They should all work together, but something's not working and it might be something intangible that you might not be able to fix. You just have to kind of work around and they've tried different formations. They're in a four, two, 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 like they're trying <laughs> some stuff out okay. and nothing seems to be working. So let me go. Let me go to you really quick, Dylan, and you can. You, then you can answer whatever you're going to say right here. Um, but I want you to answer this question too. Can Orange County make the playoffs if they're only scoring one goal a game? Mathematically, yes, they can. Okay, don't don't do like on paper mathematically. Just knowing what you know no. about the game of soccer and what you anticipate from not just Orange County but the other teams. If they score one goal, one goal a match, are they going to make it? Okay. Um, well, we scored one goal of match against Phoenix, and we got four points from two. So, yeah, no, we we could in theory. Our defense cannot make any mistakes in that situation. No player gets to switch off at any point during those ninety minutes, and that's a really tough ask. Um, I know they played something like nine matches last month, and that is insane. But it's gonna get like that again as the playoffs come to a head, um, and it's. The biggest thing for us is it's like Ray said, it's putting the ball in the back of the net. We've created a lot of chances. Brian Wasky's created 34 chances. Ugo Coley, 17. Kasipli, 16. Quinn, 15. Chrysostomo, 10 chances. We're, now we're looking at guys that have barely played and play in defense, and they've even created a handful of chances each. So I think it's basically guys need to 
put the ball in the back of the net. And Chapel came on last week and he said, guys are passing when they need to be shooting and guys are shooting when they need to be passing. And sometimes you get, we'll see a guy take a shot from 25 yards out that never looks like it's going to go anywhere. And then sometimes we see a guy who's three yards out from goal really should just shank it with his toe, hope for the best because it's literally right there. And instead he's trying to get it back on his strong foot and the chance goes away because the keeper comes across or he gets tackled by a couple defenders and it's, it's bad. But regardless, if we make the playoffs or not, if we're scoring one goal a game, I don't think we have the confidence to go past the first round. I think, and this is really good, that Darwin Jones scored uh, and that Okoli's been in pretty decent form, all things considered, that these guys are scoring. And hopefully that that builds some confidence for them. And hopefully DJ can stay fit because it looks like uh, Hoffman's having some injury troubles. Um, Diego Lopez doesn't white look like he's ready for a playoff team yet and uh kevin coleman might be having some some injury problems as well so it's kind of going to be up to and i don't know brian olaski might just not he might not score this year and it happens he's scored once before it was against us maybe a couple others but um it's it's really up to ugo aiden and, and dj i think um, to be the the main attacking outlets so let's let's move ahead then. If this is going to happen, it's going to have to happen rather quickly. There's only three matches left uh, of Group B action for Orange County, and they are not sitting in the driver's seat, right? I believe uh, they could win out and still miss the playoffs, correct? Or no? Am I wrong? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go to I'm gonna, one of you. Yes, because if LA2, if Los Dos won everything, and they also won out, well, that would, would be, that would be that would be impossible. That would be impossible because Orange County and, and oh, LA yeah. play each other. Oh, now so that maybe I guess weird. so. Alan can take over. Alan, take it. Go for max it. points. LA can get to thirty-three. Orange County can get to thirty. San Diego can get to twenty-eight. Phoenix. Can so get Orange to County is in the driver's seat. Then is what we're saying because if they can beat uh, LA and win out, then they'd be fine. They beat LA and they end up with the same amount of points. I think their goal differential is slightly better. And this is where that goal differential is going to play into uh, might play out. Like if LA has four games remaining, Orange County has three games remaining. So if Orange County wins all of their matches, they'll get to 30 points. If which means LA would get to 30 points as well, but LA might be able to have more wins. That's the first tiebreaker. So you have to hope LA doesn't get as many wins. So essentially, if Orange County gets to 30, LA gets to 30. I think LA has nine wins versus Orange County's eight. Let me, all, let me this say, is all FUBAR. Let me ask this though, really quick. So yep. if LA wins three of their final four, the only one they lose is Orange County, then okay, yeah, I see what you're saying then. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. There, so there is there is a way that three teams can end up on 28 points with eight wins. And then San Diego would have it, at, at least if the goal differential stays. Then there'd be goal differential, which means Orange County needs to score more goals. Um, okay. There, there's also a scenario where Orange County, San Diego went out. LA wins every game that isn't Orange County and San Diego, and Phoenix Rising finishes fourth. So it... Subscribe. That would be awesome. No, I'll take kidding. that one right then and there. I, I, that, that'd be amazing. I will take, let's say this. I will. I will take... And you guys are going to hate me for this comment. I will take LA and San Diego in the playoffs if it means Phoenix is knocked out of it. If 
if Orange County isn't in a position to to make it in there, if if LA and San Diego can overtake Phoenix and Orange County sort of knocked out at that point because they lose, they beat Phoenix and they'll lose the rest of their games. I don't know. I'm I'm going crazy. Why? Dylan uh, Dylan's gotten close to the camera. Is, how do you he's host showing off his county podcast? If you're like, <laughs> oh, you know, we don't have to make playoffs. It'd be cool. Um, I only care about this other team. I think it would I mean, just like be to, fun I, just I, to I, hear I, what Phoenix fans have to say. That's that's. I, I would I would see I would love to see rising Twitter blow up. But as long as as long as we're in the playoffs, like if we make it in at the expense of them, then I'm all. So I will say this. Let me say this. This this comment is made based off of my 2020 sporting experience, where uh, you know oh, Tottenham fails to make Champions League, Clippers get knocked out of the playoffs after being up three one over Denver. Um, so I'm just sort of in this mode where I'm anticipating bad things for the rest of the year. Uh, of 2020. No, again, nothing against Orange County. I'm hoping they prove me wrong. I want to see them in the playoffs, but it hasn't been a great year for sports for me. Um, so well, pick Phoenix, teams. Phoenix yeah, coming up. Phoenix is yeah. coming up for Orange County. Um, Orange County has to travel to Phoenix for this. Yep. Uh, what? What does Phoenix have to? I mean, what is L? Um, what are we? Then, wait, now you're a Phoenix fan. <laughs> what does Phoenix have to do to lose this match? <laughs> Concede three um, goals to a Rubio Rubin hat trick in the first. Time. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, there's I should go to Allen for this. I should go for yeah. Allen because he's got the most recent uh, uh, blueprint on how to beat Phoenix, right? So, what can Orange County learn from that San Diego win against Phoenix uh, I mean, to come is, away similar? This has been Phoenix's Achilles heel all year is that their back line is not as dominant as their front six. Um, and if you look at all three goals from San, uh, from San Diego against, against Phoenix, they're all defensive blunders, not blunders, but defensive errors. Um, there are mistakes that the defense makes that allows a San Diego player to make a play on goal that they probably shouldn't. Uh, Rick Schantz breaks it down and basically says, you know, all three goals are defensive mistakes. And I think that's where you can beat a Phoenix rising team is yes, their offense is amazing. And everyone focuses on how many goals they score and how great they are offensively. But I, I think that their back line is still trying to figure some stuff out. They made a new signing and just, you know, put them in at the end of the last match. So there's definitely some things that uh, orange County can exploit, but, um, they have to be as dingy on defense as they've been in the past. And Orange County, I mean, Orange County knows how to beat Phoenix. They beat him once this year. They drew him once. Uh, they have a game plan that shuts them down. And as long as the defense holds steady and Orange County can get a goal or two, they have a really good chance of, you know, putting Phoenix um, on a two game losing streak at home. Um, and then, you know, at that point, you know, the world blows up because. Orange County still has can get 30 points and Phoenix can only get 32. And then they're no longer in the driver's seat for a first seed. Like if LA beats San Diego and Orange County beats Phoenix, LA could win the group. That should be like your mic drop right there where we just end this podcast right there. LA could win the group. Um, who would have thought that's what Alan would be saying when play resumed, right? But LA Galaxy that's where we are playing. LA Galaxy 2 playing well just makes the room spin. 
Because they've been so bad. It's been so bad the past several years, and now recently they started to do well. And the possibility of them winning the group just—that's that's a room spinner. That is well, a room spinner. They have Sacramento, Los Dos, and Phoenix Rising are the three West Coast teams that have made the USL finals, right? Uh, Think Outside of so. Sound and, West and, Coast, and think so, and think South, so. and Real Monarchs last year. Yeah, so like it's but it's not, not really, unheard of. More, those are more mountain. Those aren't like West Coast, are they? Or they're oh, not West Division. Division. USL Western Conference team. Okay, okay, Western Conference. And you know, LA has been up and down this season, so you can't count them in, or you can't count them out. They like win and then lose, and then win and then lose, and then win and then lose. Um. I think at the beginning of the season, people thought they could be spoilers. They could knock somebody out that has a chance of making it, and they can still do that. They have, yeah. four, they have four matches. Um, but, I, I mean, I would hope that Los Dos doesn't win tomorrow, but if Los Dos wins tomorrow, and it, it puts pressure on Orange County and Phoenix, and that game matters even more. All right, let's ask this question then. Um, what are the odds that Orange County... Um, walk away from the desert victorious with a full three points. I'm going to go to you first, Cameron. It's going to be difficult. I think if I mean Orange County, we only conceded 12 goals on defense, but you have to ask yourself, like, where's the where are the goals going to come from? I mean, Phoenix, oh, they they can have a game plan for Ocoli, even though how bad their backline is, and not a whole lot of people step up. I mean, Quinn is three. But we second game we had we had we had the advantage of a red card, Santi Moore getting sent off, and that that really helps Orange County. It's just I think we'll do well defensively, but just will we put will we put Grade A chances away? That's the question. So what are the odds? Give me give me like a percentage uh, odds. You know, I'd say. That- Forty-five percent chance we win. That we win, get three points. Dylan, what about you? Oh man, thirty percent. Um, Alan, twenty percent. <laughs> Numbers website dot uh, com. Their soccer predictions do have it at nineteen percent. Orange County win fifty-eight percent. Phoenix Rising win and 22% chance of a draw. But sports website, or sorry, numberswebsite.com does not factor in the fact that Phoenix gets rattled really easily. It might be at home. They only have like a thousand fans, and well, we saw and this I think team the, get rattled. I think the fact that Orange County, I think the fact that Orange County hasn't lost to them in the in, in this this return to play, right? They won, they they won and got a full three points. They drew and got one point. Um, I think Orange County can go into this a little bit in Phoenix's mind, uh, even though this it's been such a long time since those matches happened. Uh, Phoenix ha- has to be, you know, looking at it like, dude, Orange County sort of took care of business against us, and it, it could rattle them because now they're going to be looking to prove themselves against Orange County, and Orange County can maybe hopefully exploit some mistakes from that happening. Uh, I'm going to say 50-50. Okay, that's fair. I that, think that Orange County comes away with a win. 
I think this game might be really similar to the second game that Orange County played, the one we actually got three points from, because Phoenix will be coming off of a disappointing result, and they will be kind of desperate to really uh, make up for that result. Now, maybe we go and we get smashed 3-0 again. Maybe they show up to play and we don't show up for the first five minutes, and that's all it takes, and it'll still be 95 degrees there, when the game starts, so they'll, you know, they'll have that advantage. Or maybe we frustrate them for an hour and they're just one mistake away and one long ball over the top. And we're one good finish away from going up. Um, or, yeah, maybe we just wear another team's colors and, and start going on a tear. But I think it is now mathematically proven that if your team wears orange in the second half of a USL season, uh, you're basically guaranteed a a very very strong uh, run of results. Sure, I, I I would like to see the proof of that, Dylan. Send it send it my way. We started wearing orange last year, and we won five or something. Oh, straight. Okay. And we okay. climbed in the playoffs. San Diego has now started wearing orange, and they have done quite well since doing so. So, uh, checkmate sport uh, website numberswebsite dot com. I mean, to okay. be fair, there was also like five signings that helped too. But the orange, no, no, no. definitely orange jerseys. Clearly, just the orange jerseys. It certainly has nothing to do with the MLS squad. I, I think this Alejandro game. Alejandro Guido is pretty decent. You know, Al, uh, Allen's San Diego team basically trying to buy a playoff spot at this point of the season. Last comment, really quick, Allen. Then we got to wrap things up because we're going a little bit long here. Um, I would say this game is won or lost. Um, yeah, it looked really good against that two nil victory, didn't it? Um, uh, this game is won or lost in like the first half an hour. Um, I think if Orange County can keep Phoenix off of the off, you know, I think Cameron said this the first time. If you can frustrate Phoenix for that first half an hour, uh, you can you you can rattle them a little bit. You can get in their heads a little bit. They're probably going to start pressing. Um, but I, I do think it boils down to who besides a colleague can score. If somebody besides a colleague can score, I think you have a better chance. Um, I, I see this more as a draw than an Orange County win, uh, which historically um, is great for any team going into Phoenix to get a draw. Um, it doesn't hurt their playoff chances, um, but it doesn't help it either. Um, and you just got to make sure that you take care of business against the other teams. I think it's doable, uh, but it's, I mean, going into Phoenix and getting a win is, you know, it's like a unicorn. So what was your prediction? 1-1? One, one? Two two. Two two. Cameron, real quick, score prediction for the match. Um, I will say one one. Dylan. One nil. All right. And uh I'll go three butterflies to two butterflies, Orange County wins. Um let's do this. Random thoughts for our episode here so we can wrap things up. Uh I'll get, go to uh Cameron first. Go for it, Cameron. Um, uh, so it's, I was looking at Tottenham Twitter and I was looking at a few pictures and he, it was a picture of Gareth Bale, Jose Mourinho, like, like the Tipper photos, one of, uh, Alex Morgan, Gareth Bale and Jose Mourinho. It's like, what kind of club in the world could have those, have those three people there now? It's like, this team has so much sauce, like, I don't know. It's like something you wouldn't, something Tottenham fans wouldn't see ever, is like now in reality. <laughs> so. 
I just want to know, is it barbecue sauce, teriyaki sauce, uh, you know, Worcester sauce? Dylan, go for it. Uh, Today is National Voter Registration Day. If you are not yet registered to vote and you can vote, you should go ahead and do so. You can find that link on our Twitter account or at vote.org. It takes two minutes to register to vote. It is important maybe not at the federal level per se um because we are a pretty blue state but the down ballot stuff is very very important and you should take the time to research those down ballot candidates and figure out who best represents you or best represents your community um i feel like i had another one that was gonna go along vote for dylan for don't vote for me. Vote Something. for people that are actually yeah. Uh, don't for, maybe it doesn't mess represent you, but it represents the best needs of your community um, or people who are less fortunate than you. And you should maybe take that into account because we are at a crossroads in this country's existence. Alan, what do you got? So you at the crossroads. Crossroads. Uh, I have a literature recommendation. Um, Whoa. Um, it's not safe for children so children uh not safe for you uh but i recommend reading the uh the comic preacher it is a very uh it's slightly dark and twisted but also very fun uh it's also a tv show uh but it's different than the comic so read the comic it's called preacher just finished that up uh, a couple weeks ago i thoroughly enjoyed it um, so that is my literature recommendation, and it has tons of pictures. So hey, even better. So for people like me, I might actually enjoy it. Right? Um, random thought for me is uh, don't uh, call out your opponent or your competition on social media unless you're willing or you're ready to prove that you can do things better. Uh, I'm referring to uh, Microsoft calling out Sony over Sony's pre-orders for the PS5 that were just such a cluster mess. Uh, and then today, Xbox, because they said they were going to do such a better job, their pre-orders ended up being such a cluster mess as well as different retailers' websites were crashing all morning long uh, as I was trying to pre-order my next Xbox. Uh, I went to like four different vendors to try and do so and then circled back to one of my original vendors and finally was able to somehow magically make it happen. Um, but I... Uh, major non-props to Microsoft because they called out Sony on how much of a mess their pre-orders were and then dropped the ball when theirs came out. So uh, that is my random thought. Oh yeah. And come on, you Spurs with Gareth Bale back. That's going to be an amazing season there. <laughs> uh, Alan, get ready, get your, your script ready. Cause I'm going to do our, our, our wrap up here and then I'm going to head it to you. So I just want to give you the the one minute warning there. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to our guest today, uh, Francis Jacobs from Orange County Soccer Club joining us. Uh, we've definitely been wanting to speak with him uh, for the last, I don't know, since he was announced and we finally got a chance to get him on the show and he was an awesome interview. Also, thanks to Cameron from a, a mouthful of history uh, for joining us and not being too noisy with background stuff as we were going through this show um, as always, Dylan and Alan, it's awesome talking Orange County Soccer Club with you guys. And uh, Alan, go ahead and let uh, people know about some amazing products they can find on the interwebs. Uh, first of all, Chad, still love you. 
Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of the MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Are you tired of the same old cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Are you looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. That's Icarus, not Icarus, but IcarusFC.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Orange of Black Soccer Cast, and we are out.